Bore to be wild. I did it again. Oops, I, I did, did it, it again. <laughs> We're in for a wild night. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength tonight, Hydra. <laughs> like more so than usual. <laughs> Welcome, 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 welcome everybody Spears? to uh, yeah, Britney Spears and Born to Be Wild, episode 118, <laughs> our wild exclusive Hearthstone podcast where we have fun hanging out with friends, talking about Hearthstone every now and again, and uh, pepperoni, and pineapple on pizza, and whether or not red onion is a viable topping on pizza, and uh, hotly debated item here. Anyhow, we are here tonight to talk about some wild Hearthstone and some Hearthstone lore, and my intro is all out of whack, and it's just staying. Let's do this thing. Uh, I'm your host, Nate, <laughs> Nate Wolf, and uh, I'm happy to be back. It's been a, a long week, and it here we are. So we made it. We made it. I'm happy to be here, joined by three Woo-hoo! of my favorite people. This is the first time that we've done back-to-back lore episodes, and I'm very excited uh, to be joining y'all tonight with part two of our Castle Nathria <laughs> Revendreth lore. Are you still guys laughing at me? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we had no clue we had started oh yeah yeah oh yeah oh this sh- yeah you know no, this what? is actually live we didn't hear any music so it was just yeah wait, but it's oh wait you didn't hear it why didn't you hear no. it oh it played that's hilarious you guys didn't hear it well that's funny no. oh oh everyone else heard it okay Oh, uh, just wait until you listen to it back because it's great. Uh, <laughs> so is your face. <laughs> oh, that makes it even better. I thought you guys were just like trolling me. It's great. No. No, no, wait, wait, wait. No. So, wait, can, so do you, you do you, do you hear this? I feel icky. No, you if you don't. mean silence, then yes. What deafening silence? <laughs> the oh, sound well, silence. well, this is going to be a oh, fun. You make me do it. I was going to say that. <laughs> well, now. Okay. Well, you're a rock star. We'll, we'll do that. Yes, we can, we can do some Smash Mouth improv if you want. Uh, this is <laughs> this is probably um, a, a a cool thing. Like I have not rebooted my computer since like the last time we were here last week. I've just been putting it to sleep each night, and it probably has like a update or something. Back to sleep. <laughs> Back <laughs> to. We um, are live, and I'm not redoing it, so welcome to the show. Goliath, how you been this week? <laughs> uh, I've been doing good. Um, I have... Uh, it, it, it's, been, it's been a pretty good week for me overall. Um, been keeping busy, not too chaotic about things. Uh, I've been uh, learning a lot about uh, farming stuff, actually, from uh, some things that have been writing for my local newspaper, largely about uh, wind turbines and uh, crop dusting. So I was driving along the highways trying to get pictures of all the planes and helicopters over fields. So I'd be driving for a while and then quickly pull over to the highway and run around with the camera and then drive a bit more and really hoping that cars didn't go off onto the shoulder the whole time. But uh so that, that there was some excitement, uh, but it was overall a pretty chill week for me. And of course, loved uh, busting out the new cards and everything. Uh, it's been uh, really fun to play with uh, the new Castle Nathria things. And of course, um, it's what we're here to talk about uh, tonight because, well, we're going to talk a little bit about our 
uh, experiences with the cards, because how could we not? But uh, especially, who are the characters in the cards? Because we all love learning that stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's hilarious. So I've been playing like sound bites this whole time and nobody else has heard them except me this is great <laughs> so the audio is recording just fine it's just my the music and the system sounds aren't coming through which like they're the settings are correct so i don't know everyone hey hey everyone can you hear this what? i think the answer is yes as long as someone says yes then let's just keep going hydralisk how you been this week i'm great uh we talking about our weeks now or later uh let's talk about it in a minute but welcome back sure yeah, no, I, I'm doing I'm doing great. This has been quite the week for me. I'll touch on it in a bit, but I'm super stoked because we got our good buddy Goliath here again. Yeah. Going to finish off the lore. Always love having you on and stoked to hear the rest, man. Right. Yes, me too. Welcome back, sheep. <laughs> Meowdy. <laughs> no lies. That that whole intro bit just like broke me a little bit that was <laughs> hilarious oh god i'm glad we could do something unscripted for a change <laughs> oh my gosh i you know we, we, we this is a this is uh the way it's gonna be interesting this is for born the audio to be wild. listeners right it's pretty wild someone will laugh at this later i hope and i, <laughs> I you know me, me i will laugh at this later just a reminder to all of your fans that we are real people over yeah <laughs> well we're, we're... i'm technically zerg <laughs> <laughs> and i i am a mammal but i'm fair you know, fair not human <laughs> so for those of you joining us for the first time welcome aboard not not typically this loose but <laughs> dial it back about 50 percent, 70 percent eh. let me briefly explain how the show works we record this podcast live every Friday evening at twitch.tv slash born to be wild HS. And the video version of this podcast is then posted to YouTube shortly thereafter. Audio versions are of course also distributed to all the podcast apps. So however you're watching, listening, or absorbing via osmosis, this podcast today, thank you. Yes. You. Yes, thank you all for being here. Thank you for bearing uh, with us as we have got off to a little bit of a bumpy start tonight. And, uh, you know, a little bit of pre-show action. Uh, when we do these lore episodes, the setup takes a lot longer because there is quite a bit of homework to do. I really appreciate all of the hard work that Goliath put in, um, really helping with the story elements. And then uh, we've got a bunch of artwork to go along with the stories. For those of you who are listening to the audio version, I want to do a quick plug. If you can, I recommend watching the video version on YouTube because we'll have pictures of both the card art and Hearthstone, but also pictures from the in-game from World of Warcraft. And so if you're interested in us talking about a card, but you don't know what it is, especially because we'll be talking about um, new cards, uh, we'll have the visuals on the screen as we talk through them. And so uh, a lot of people, at least I would personally find that beneficial so i recommend uh checking this out on youtube if you're an audio listener um anyways uh real quick content plug before we get started wanted to say a big thank you to shokunin who's the executive producer of our show and also to our patrons I really appreciate your help actually we were just talking about this earlier because of the help from our patrons we're going to commission some new artwork from christina and do a nathria uh, mascot so we, we'll Yay. do some new artwork it's always very fun when a new set comes out um uh, 
if you're Statement interested. About. Yeah. So she has done a lot of work for us in the past and done some really cool uh, things for us, our, our emotes and our shirts. So you can see the shirt. Wow, look at uh, two out of our, our three cast members here wearing our Born to be Wild shirts and hat. Wow. Wow. That's not even a toque. It is not. Ooh. I do have the toque somewhere, though. Nice. Uh, anyways, there is some merch if anybody's interested in supporting the show that way. On our website, borntobewildhs.com, there's a link. Uh, also, if you're interested in supporting us, we do have emotes that you can unlock um, for uh, free by following. And there's a couple others that are exclusive if you uh, subscribe to us. If you want to do that, it's free with Amazon Prime. Um, I thought I had a picture of the shirt, but I think I deleted it. So we don't have that. Anyways, um, check out our website, borntobeoldhs.com. There's links to all of our stuff, including Patreon, if you're interested in supporting us that way. And also to um, our Discord, if you're interested in hanging out with us all. There's a link. Discord is a free online community. We posted uh, per- a lot of deck lists over this past week. So if you're looking for something to play in Wild with the new set, in our Discord, there's channels for all of the different classes and a bunch of deck lists in there and, and other stuff. We have fun. So anyhow, that's the plug. Born to be wild. HS.com has links to all of the stuff and uh, would love to interact with all of y'all. Okay. Let's talk briefly about this last week because it was week one. I know we kind of did away with like, how was your week segment of the show a while ago to kind of streamline things, but this is week one of a brand new set and before we jump into the story time, I just thought it'd be fun to see what we all been up to because I know there was some stuff. I, I will start, but I'll try to make it quick. Um, I did the thing and uh, hit legend on day one. Normally, hooray! 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 So I, I don't. I it it worked out that it was a Monday and I had taken the day off of work and had a long weekend and was sitting around at home all day with like nothing to do and so. I just jammed through it. I played Big Priest. Had oh, an, I, I thought know. you played Large Reverend. <laughs> <laughs> I played the Fun Police deck. I did a. Um, I had an eighty percent win rate until I hit Diamond One, and then went on this massive losing streak. At lost no. like six in a row. I had four final bosses, um, and I played so many mirror matches. It was just awful. But I had the time, and so I just kind of jammed through it. And uh, entered at rank 14, which is the lowest I've ever entered before. So that was really cool. I think my nice. ultimate winlet rate was around 68, 69, 70%. Something, 68%? That's still nice. really good. I think I missed the funny number by one. Um, but anyways, that, that was exciting for me. The downside of it is that, like, so my thought process was, like, let me hit Legend in Wild, and then I'll go goof around in Standard, because I don't really care about my rank. Um but this is good. I, I think that this hopefully is enough to, to secure my 11x. Um, wanted to briefly talk about thoughts. Uh, my, my thoughts, anyhow, of, of some of the new cards. Um, here are my super quick hot takes. Imp Warlock is surprisingly good. The card's very strong. Like, they just flood the board and get humongous. Particularly the location card feels, like, almost busted. Yeah. Um, Theo makes me want to just like un- uninstall the game I- i've like almost launched my ipad several times where i was like <laughs> oh sweet i got my combo i'll do my uh my otk right here and then they take my card and then use it on me it was did you know that your um sire denathria is like still is all juiced up it's just not yours anymore and same thing with your mor- uh-huh. with your mordresh yeah, oh man it's uh it's not fun i did 
a super You're more trash it does too i'm huh. pretty sure i'm pretty sure it it stays uh maybe it doesn't but i've had i've had so many cards yeah, remember, like infused cards are brand new cards essentially so right I've had so many cards stolen from me with Theodore over the past week that I may be remembering incorrectly because I like just started seeing red when my nice, awesome thing disappeared. Uh, one thing that is no surprise to me is that the for the rest of the game effects are very good. Um, the uh, Topior in, in Druid is particularly good. Sire Denathrius is way better than I think anybody expected. I Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah oh yeah i've been um <laughs> experimenting primarily in in standard with two decks there's a lot to play but the two that have i've just been having so much fun with that i didn't want to change these are like super greedy decks don't play them unless you really want but i've been having a lot of fun with them are a skeleton mage with I, I made the xl version because i started not playing it and then i wanted to add a couple more cards and so um i why I, not <laughs> why not uh, I packed a golden um, Sire Denathrius, and I, I asked the question. The answer is no. You cannot upgrade. Like so, we get the um, Sire Denathrius as part of the uh, rewards track, right? Free, free, uncraftable card. You cannot upgrade it. So if you want it in gold, you have to spend the full amount. Um, but I, I got it as one of my like pack legendaries or whatever. Uh, opened up a ton. I, I'm so glad that I had saved all those standard packs. And, right and saved particularly the standard gold packs because i opened up so many golden legendaries nice and then Smart. i and then i opened two copies of finley like one was from a, a pack and then one was my like the the free one from the uh rewards pass and that's cool free dust um so anyways this is like the skeleton ping mage um it's not the full list because it's got 40 but the the code is in the show notes it's really fun having a good time with it I don't know that it's broken or anything. It just is really fun to play. Uh, Spooky, scary Skellingtons. Right? That There you go. That's that's a fun song right there. The other one that I've been playing, and I, I, I morphed this a little bit, is a Dragon Druid. So I started playing just the like the combo version that runs Denathrius at the top. You can uh, find him so easy with, um, what is it? Uh, capture cold tooth mine yeah the cold tooth mine so that was what people used to use to tutor out Kazakasan. and now you can grab sire denathrius with it. it we learned the hard way that if you're running raid box uh, anixia and sire that like it's a 50 50 which one you're gonna get but mm. i at this point like the deck was so we'd asked the question right blue trainer were chatting like well wouldn't you want to put anixia in this because of all the tokens it's, Oh, well let's try it and then i'm looking at this and like well you're running topior and you're running anixia like why not just add two more so that you could get the dragon synergies because i had so many people playing theodore or the theotar theo whatever and stealing my cards and then i had people running all kinds of um disruption uh playing also um mutinous and I wanted an alternate win con, so when my Denathrius got stolen, that I could have a Kazakasan. It's again, it's super greedy, but I've been having a ton of fun with it. My best OTK so far was uh, was like sixty eight damage. It was thirty. Oof. It was uh, yeah. I did Bran, Kelthos, Bran. and then uh, and then I did Sire Denathrius that had eaten thirty four. And so it was thirty four times two. It was awesome. 
Uh, so it's fun. It's super greedy, but it's absolutely fun. Um, wow, that is a great meme you got there. And <laughs> you, uh, did you just? I think I will take it. Did you just make <laughs> that? Or no? Old wow. Guardian posted it on Twitter. Oh my it's, gosh! Uh, Bilbo Baggins <laughs> from uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. After all, why not? Why shouldn't I use them all? Why not use them all? And it's uh, <laughs> the new Kel'Thuzad, Mordrish, Fire Eye, and Sire Denathrius. They're all in my deck. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's so great. Um, I've been having an absolute blast with it so far. And I don't know. There's a lot of things that seem good. And I, I just haven't got around to playing other stuff because I've been having too fun, too much fun with the stuff that I'm playing right now. Yeah. And so, like, okay, that's good. That's a good thing. If you're just not hopping around so much, you're already having so much fun with this stuff you already have. Uh, that's, I think right. that's a sign of a good expansion release. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll get around to the other stuff, but I'm having fun with this right now. And I'm at Diamond 4, so it's working. It's not refined at all, but it's an absolute blast. And so I'll just keep doing the thing. Um, pack opening was great. I don't want to get into it too much, but like we streamed uh, Aramorn's pack opening, who won the uh, massive mega bundle giveaway. Um, we recorded. Thank you, Shokunin, and congratulations, Aramorn. Yeah, uh, it was super fun. And um, I was planning was. on opening my packs during my lunch break and then didn't get a lunch break. And opened them after show uh, after armor that night and then played a bunch and it was fun uh, it's been a nice hearthstone week a really fun opening set uh, anyways enough about me let me uh pass it over sheep uh, i know you've been playing some stuff and hit legend already so that's super cool yeah so um i typically start off a, a new expansion playing standard because it, the card changes typically change the most there right um, so I started on uh, Tuesday at Bronze 10. I had not played a single standard game the entire season, you know, all one day of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I proceeded to jam some Imp Warlock, which was so much fun, and hit Legend on day two of the expansion, so August 3rd, in the new, new meta, and it was so much fun. Those imps are a blast and like, it's just, it's such a fun deck. It's, you know, I love playing aggro. It's an aggro deck. Uh, A lot of the same synergies that are in the wild version um, are are of course also in the the standard version. Um, And it's just, it's, it's fun to be basically playing zoo, but also all of a sudden, boom, you're not dropping a doom guard. You're just like, Oh, the the location, the vile library is just making these these tiny little impotent dudes just like freaking huge and then just going face for all of the all yeah. the damage and shady bartenders is great and Imp King Rafam is incredible and it's just it's just so much fun. Rafam um, is like really good and really good. And uh, if he's infused, even if you're not getting any imps on the board, he's still buffing all of your imps. So sometimes it's just right to drop Rafam for lethal, even if you're not getting any of your imps, because he's buffing your board if he's infused. Imp fused? 
<laughs> that's great and vile library yeah i was gonna say save your copies of vile library for when it gets hit <laughs> i don't know that it will or not i don't think i know it's so funny because people start calling for nerfs on like in the first week and it's like hey just chill for a minute and see let us have fun for a while <laughs> but the deck feels very strong i mean i've run into it a number of times and like my goodness like you 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 really have to you can't leave anything on the board because yeah they will kill you with it i mean it's just uh and if you run out of out of juice and they don't like you you're dead so and, and with way. the life tap and with the uh, impending catastrophe that the, they don't run out of juice very very often at all so <laughs> who who would have predicted we're seeing impicking boss in 2022 like wow that's pretty cool right uh, like that's this incredible. is the beauty of wild <laughs> that's in standard my friend <laughs> Well, yeah. the core set has taken the page out of Wild's book in True. the sense of being able to bring some cards from the past. In in the traditional standard, where it's only the latest stuff and the core was all stagnant, then you never would have seen this sort of thing. But uh, I don't know. I think that the core is basically the devs taking a look at the benefits of Wild and deciding to move a bit of that into the standard. I like it. I can see it. It's very mm -hmm. fun. It's very yeah. fun. So in Wild, I've been playing a decent amount of um, Secret Mage. Uh, and then, um, nope, uh, that one is mostly uh, the pods list um, from, uh, you know, the People's Champ podcast. And I, I pulled his list from Twitter. It's really fun. Um, and also, um, Nate posted uh, Nope uh, Clapper's uh, Aggro Demon Hunter. Um, and I played that over lunch and a little bit whenever I got home. Because uh, that was just today, and that's really fun too. Um, I mean, like we've got the um, uh, bu -bu -bu -bu, not bibliomite, the fossil fanatic to just like continue to draw burn, and then you've got more burn, and then you just go face for stuff, and it's it's really fun. Uh, I'm a big big fan of of aggro decks to the surprise of absolutely no one here. <laughs> and uh, I mean, this is just an, another way to do that thing, but with demon hunter in wild. It's a blast. So I've been having so much fun playing, you know, stuff like that. I actually haven't played my favorite deck from our theory crafting stream because I've just been like, like you said, Nate, been having so much fun with these other things that the thing that I, I was really excited about and still am, I, I just haven't gotten around to it yet because I've been having having so much fun. All right. All right. We'll get there. We'll get there. Absolutely. Yeah. This is this is fun though, and I. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't think I've enjoyed a, a set like this for quite a while, and it's crazy that a week has gone by and like we're all busy in in real life, but like I don't think we've had a set come out where we've had this much fun in the first week in a, quite a while, at least for me, and and so I've been enjoying it. Hyder, what about you? What have you been playing? You know, you guys are making me crazy jealous right now. I actually had. Well, Monday off because it's a holiday. And then I had Tuesday off and I had Wednesday off with my family. And I was like, OK, expansion day. We're going to do this. And because that's Tuesday. Right. And then I got the next day, I got Wednesday. It's going to be all good. I got so much. But we ended up my family and I played so much VR <laughs> that I didn't even. So 
day one, I opened, I think I had like 200 and some odd packs. So I had the mega bundle and then I had just under 9,000 uh, gold. So another like 90 packs. And then all those standard bundle ones, the class specific packs that I just saved. Because why not? And I on the on day one, I only got through like 40 card packs opening in the morning. Like, yeah, 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 let's open it. I'm like going. And then, uh, you know, son comes out, wife comes out. Hey, like, can we play this? Can we play Beat Saber? And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll turn it off. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> and so we're like playing the game. And then we're going out and we're doing stuff. Having an amazing time, by the way. Yeah. Um, Awesome time. And then it's like, okay, next day, I'll do it. Start opening packs again. Shut down kind of like halfway through <laughs> again. <laughs> it ended up taking me three days to open all my packs. Wow. And, oh. and actually play. And I, I missed out on, I think, one or two of the like daily quests also. Mm. Just because we were... Yeah, I know, right? But... <laughs> you? It, I know. Yeah. And something that I do on three accounts. I didn't do it on any. None. What? Shock and awe. Yeah, I would have opened all of the packs if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> but it, it, in all honesty, we, we had a lot of fun. Me, My kid has taken up a lot of... Like, he's been obsessed with skateboarding lately. And cool. Oh, yeah, I, I saw your video. I saw your video on Twitter. Oh, you mean when I fell? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so like, I've done a lot of skateboarding in my life. I used to skateboard a lot, film videos and do all sorts of stuff. And so for him and me to do this stuff together, for me, it's super cool because he's finally taking it up. I didn't like, I got him one back when he was like seven or eight years old and he sort of took to it and not really, but he's 13 now and he's really getting into it. So a combination of that. And then when he comes in, he's been wanting to spend a lot of time together doing the VR thing and whatnot. So I literally like didn't get to even log a game until yesterday. Um, plus work has been kind of crazy busy because I'm, I was preparing the last two days that I only actually worked this week, Thursday, Friday, uh, because I'm going on vacation next week. Nice. I'm I'm off for another two weeks. So I was only at work two days this week, but I'm off all the next two weeks and we're going camping next week we're leaving sunday and then the second week i'm home alone not alone but with the family again to do whatever so hopefully slide in a little more hearthstone this time um but staycation uh, yeah yeah staycation for the second half Um, my pack opening went pretty good though overall i opened basically well, everything besides all the legendaries, right? I think I had like seven or eight left that I didn't open, but you get a couple from the rewards track and then including duplicates that you dust, I could probably craft everything that's left. So pretty stoked about that, except for I didn't get Imp King Rafam. Mm. And I know I did oh, not. No. And so, but it's, I thought, okay, I may as well craft this because it's awesome. Yeah. Right. However, all right, when I hit level 20, I'm going to get on on the rewards track. I'm going to get a legendary hit 20. Didn't get it. All right. Well, but when I hit 50, might get it. So we'll we'll see. I don't want to I want to like maximize, you know, value of all the dust and everything I get. Sure. Hopefully I don't sit on it and it gets nerfed and I don't get to play it. But <laughs> um, 
the I started playing Skeleton Mage because I had, you know, like play three mage decks. And that deck was super fun. I didn't even actually look at the list to understand how it worked before I even played it. I was just like, okay, copy, paste, let's play. And <laughs> somehow won like a whole bunch of games in a row. Like, this is cool. I love this. Until I ran into the Imp King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. And then... <laughs> And then I started losing. I'm like, well, I want to play that one now. <laughs> that- <laughs> That's how it goes, right? You, you, when you lose, it's like I want to play with the deck I just lost to because it seems OP every time. And then it's suddenly not OP when I play it. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Yeah, but I had, I still had a lot of fun playing the the skeleton mage, and I didn't try the XL version that you have here. Um, but I feel like that's worth it just for fun too, right? I, you know, it's fun. I, I'm not going to make any kind of claims about it being good. It's too early. Again, this is the standard. You hear other people saying this type of stuff, but it's week one. We, we've had the set for less than a week now, right? Or mm-hmm. just a, whatever, about a week. Yeah. Less. Um, I don't recommend dusting or crafting anything if you can afford to wait. Uh, because it's it's just so early, and there's things that people play on day one that feel bad or feel busted or anywhere in between. But the reality is, like, we really probably won't know for another week or two. And so I, I wouldn't go like spending a bunch of money or dusting things yet because uh, it might be good later. So yeah, and all, yeah, all those duplicates that you're sitting on when those cards get nerfed, they're going to be worth a lot more than they are now. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Real quick as a as a PSA, uh the ones that you get an immediate dust like if you go into your collection manager and you type in refund, it'll show you what cards you get full dust value for. I think right now it's uh Sire Denathrius and it's um Murloc Holmes, right? Mm-hmm. Now yes, those are only I good, so. I think, for about a week. I know last time, gosh, I think last set they were only good for like a couple of days. So if you checking now. Yeah, if you if you get either of those, um, and so yeah, like I got the rewards track, and so I open up the diamond Murloc, Murloc Holmes, and then I open one from a pack, and I got that was my level twenty legendary was another Murloc Holmes, and so those two I, I dusted because you get the full dust value, and then I packed a golden Sire Denathrius, and uh, I'm just gonna keep it because I like the card, but <laughs> that one is worth like you could get full dust value back for that as well. Yeah. I, I also packed Golden Sire Denathrius, and while I disenchanted him, I will probably re-enchant him. And it, I mean, it, I'm, I'm losing nothing because whenever I disenchanted, I got full dust value. So yeah, eh, no big deal. What I was All wondering, I, I had asked on Twitter and got a pretty quick response was if you can upgrade your current one, and no. the answer is no, you cannot. So if you want the gold one, you have to spend the thirty two hundred, um, which That's I more than two. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot more than two. Anyways. Uh, what, so, Goliath, you already talked a little bit about your week. Did you have anything else to share before we dive deep into tonight's special topic? Yes, I um, I, I mainly uh, I flit around experimenting with a lot of things, largely just, uh, you know, taking deck lists that look interesting. And I was 
very fortunate this time that uh, I was gifted uh, a lot of cards. And uh, so I ended up with a lot of legendaries to start with. So generally, legendaries are... Most of the decks that I end up creating, because I'm not the best deck builder, really, uh, they end up going like, I here's a legendary with a really cool effect, and I build the deck entirely around just trying to activate that effect as much as possible. So, like, getting Evolve Shaman with uh, Vosh a lot, um, or uh, doing, like, complete Silver Hands with the Stuart the Steward, which is a lot more powerful than I initially realized, because that's it's not like... Uh, one of those cards where I remember like the, the Dragon Rider Paladin card where like you had to have a dragon in hand for the it's one of those the effect transfers. No, it's like right. you don't have to have any silver hand minions on the board, but just the very next one you summon is an automatic four four. Mm-hmm. It's just <laughs> the next silver hand recruit that's reporting for duty. has got a big booty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but yeah, like you guys talk about Skeleton Mage. <laughs> I need to clip that. <laughs> <laughs> it is sorry. just so much fun to just summon so many of those skeletons and then like even re- you, you almost want to lock your board so that there's only room for the Kalthuzad so that instead of summoning you just do all the two damage as many times as you've summoned them and it's it, it it's kind of like Modrash Fire Eye in a sense that or uh you, you build up throughout the game to try to get more damage from that one card and then they can just be amazing finishers. So I can't say that I've been successful in any of my games really, but I've been having fun because like look at all these cards. <laughs> and I, I haven't even touched uh some of the classes. Like I have him King Rafam, haven't built anything with it yet. Uh, I want to do stuff with uh, Warrior because I have shame, I have Olgra. I want to figure out something for Olgra. Yeah, that there are so many great ones that uh, I I have to get around to <laughs> experimenting with a lot more. But hey, that means I, I I always find one of the great joys in life is the discovering of something new. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of new things that I can try out before I've exhausted the supply. <laughs> That's awesome. how I look at awesome. it. Awesome, I love it. And, uh, yeah, big shout out to Armorn, I think, who was generous and shared his winnings with uh, some other folks. Yes. Op- managed to open up the whole set, minus a couple cards that uh, were, were quickly um, crafted. And then, uh, yeah, it sounds like we all made out pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, if anybody's looking for deck lists to play, whether it's, you know, it's us here, but uh, folks listening or watching, in our Discord, there's a whole bunch of them. As we see them, we uh, will try to share them so that if you're looking for stuff, I've kind of feel like i'm in that same boat with you where like i feel like i'm a better pilot than i am a deck builder and and i'll have fun like building stuff but like i don't feel like i'm very good at it but it's it's been enjoyable so yeah and it's now i'm finally at the point where like having been in this community with all you guys for a while where i recognize a lot more names so if i see uh a deck list that's floating around not even just in the discord that we have with born to be wild but on some of the other websites and i see that oh this is a maxi bond deck or this is a blue train deck i suddenly go oh boy this is probably going to be a powerful one you know what's funny and i i don't i probably shouldn't go here but like you start recognizing names after a while too and you you'll get to know like when it's bait versus when it's not and so (laughs) i often will look for like if a deck is posted with no stats 
Like that is a red flag. <laughs> danger, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not fun, but like there's there's a few floating around where like it, it's a trap. <laughs> Nate, bait is delicious. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm just I'm just saying before you spend all your dust crafting stuff because you saw it on Twitter, like <laughs> anyways. Beware. I it's been it's been uh I'm not naming names, I'm not going there. Um but uh have oh, fun. I, I've posted some bait in my day. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I wasn't talking about you, but you know. I know you weren't. <laughs> oh my goodness well i guess we might want to talk about some lore there's a lot of cards tonight to talk about like oh my gosh i thought we went pretty deep last week and there is a (laughs) lot about about half of the things yeah it's pretty crazy so this week we're so so super brief recap last episode we talked about the lore primarily behind the shadowlands and within the shadowlands there's these different realms the shadowlands is like the realm of of the dead in world of warcraft and within the shadowlands there's like different um, areas where different people reside and we we covered all of them but we did not do a deep dive into revendreth which is where castle nathria takes place so our cards like sire de nathrias and prince um uh, Renathal and, and some of these other cards like we're going to do a deep dive into that tonight I'm kind of probably butchering that introduction so I'm just going to pass it off to Goliath but anyways we All are talking right. about Revendreth tonight yeah yes yes Revendreth uh, the realm of the uh, penitent souls the realm of uh, redemption of retribution of basically uh, everybody's uh, cha- last chance to be able to go to any of the other uh, infinite afterlives in the Shadowlands instead of spending eternity suffering in the Maw, which is the eternal damnation for the absolute worst of the worst, unrepentant uh, uh, tyrants, criminals, warmongers, etc. So, yes, Revendreth is... Uh, here's the preface here, that a lot of the things that we're going to talk about here that happen in Revendreth sound really, really rough. Remember this with the preface that these all happen to people who have done really horrible things in general is the way it's supposed to work, at least. Uh, We'll get into how maybe some things aren't quite the way they're supposed to work in a little bit. But uh, starting things out, uh, (laughs) we are going to be uh, starting at the top and working our way down to the bottom in terms of the who is who in Revendreth. And of course, we are beginning with the star of our set, Sire Denathrius himself. Now, uh, he is the leader of Revendreth, in fact, practically the creator of Revendreth. Everything is made in his image. Um, As we mentioned last week, uh, he is one of the four eternal ones, uh, who are basically the pantheon of death that were created in... uh, in a long time before time before time, essentially, uh, in a place called Zareth Mortis, which is like the the forge of afterlives. And very little is known about this, but they were created in this uh, forge by this race of beings called the First Ones, who are probably responsible for the Titans too or something. Uh, so that there's a lot of mystery surrounding the origins of the these great cosmic beings and such. But uh, basically, Denathrius 
was created with the sole purpose of being the being who can bring about the uh, redemption uh, and absolution of souls who required it. And that is what Reverend Dreth is all about. However, as we mentioned last week, at some unknown time, he uh, decided that he was going to deviate from that path that he was created for, uh, and he threw in his lot with uh, the being who was previously the Arbiter, who uh, distributed souls to the afterlives, but uh, fell and was later known as Zoval the Jailer, who became the Lord of the Maw of Eternal Damnation. And uh, Denathrius is like, yeah, yeah, we'll pull our resources together, completely remake all of reality, and then death will be the only cosmic power that matters and will rule all of existence. Fantastic. That's what I want to do. Sounds um, like an average Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Denathrius uh, eventually... So he created the entire race of the Venthyr in his image. Uh, and so they are obviously kind of, you know, vampire-like inspired. It's a very Dracula aesthetic uh, that the entire Revendreth place has, which is one of the reasons I love it. It has this great, like, gothic horror-inspired vibe without actually being horrific, you it's, know? It's, it's very, like, Nosferatu. They all look like that kind of, yeah, like you said, vampire aesthetic. Yeah, it's it's the cool parts without the gross out freak out parts. Uh, this is what I love about it. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we we have you know they're all very classy and the very uh, generally Venthyr are very aristocratic. They're divided into noble houses and such. Uh, they're with all sorts of names. Like one that particularly springs to mind is House Primrose. That's actually uh, <laughs> that's actually a thing. <laughs> And uh, yes, lots of them. And so, you know, it's it's uh, it's like, you know, Victorian age, high aristocracy type of, uh, you know, diplomacy and skullduggery and uh, all those sorts of uh, intrigue type of things that happen among the Venthyr. Uh, but then there are also those who serve them, uh, some lesser uh, created races uh, who are known as the Dredgers. Uh, these are creatures who are essentially, Dredge? oh, uh, yes. Oh, sorry. Actually, we are getting a little ahead of ourselves. My apologies. There's yeah, one more good. thing to talk about first, uh, because Denathrius, before we talk about the dredgers, Denathrius actually made one other race in addition to the Venthyr. Uh, these are known as the Nathrazim, uh, and everybody here is familiar with the Nathrazim. Uh, even if you didn't know already, because uh, they are the official name of the Dreadlords, who we know as demons, but were initially created by Sire Denathrius. Denathrius, Nathrazim, it all plays together there. So we're talking and like, like, like Malganus type. Uh, mm -hmm. okay. Oh, yes, yes. In fact, uh, 
as part of the plot involving uh, Denathrius in uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands, you actually encounter Malganus. Oh, cool. uh, like he is right. he's literally a character at a point in the story. Uh, so yes, they were created to be the ultimate infiltrators. Uh, Dreadlords can disguise themselves as anything and anyone. Uh, they can uh, kill your best comrade without you knowing it and take their place and mimic it perfectly, learning all of your secrets, and you never knew that your closest confidant had been replaced by an enemy spy. Wow. That's that's what they can do. <laughs> wow. They okay. are serious. Yes. So, well, well, so yeah. this is interesting because we, you know, as the set is presented, it's like, oh, it's a murder mystery, and Sire Denathrius has been murdered, and and as it turns out, and I'm sure we'll get into that more later, but like, he's actually not like the protagonist. He's more of like the bad guy, right? Oh yes, very much so. so We're gonna get into all the nasty stuff that he's done. <laughs> Whenever uh -oh. Murloc Holmes finds finds the the killer, is he going to give them like a a medal? Like, <laughs> good job, thank you. Uh, maybe who knows at this point? But uh, yeah, okay, okay. And so so we have the ruling part of the ruling body, right? Right. Yes. Yes. So uh, the the rulership of the realm of Revendreth is divided uh, not solely by Sire Denathrius, that he is at the top of it all, of course, uh, but there is a council of seven beings known as the Court of Harvesters, who are in charge of managing various aspects of the Shadowlands and also in charge of extracting very specific types of sins from souls. Uh, who are, as said, they're the, they're the court of harvesters, they harvest. Because the way that Revendreth works is that it extracts the anima, which is the essence of a soul. Uh, it's generally formed from all of a soul's experiences, good or bad, like souls who have lived, like, you know, lives where they've, you know, seen it all and had so many experiences, made big decisions. They are just brimming with anima. More common souls like the farmer who never really uh, left town or whatever. They don't have quite as much in there because uh, it's uh, kind of a sum of experiences. And this is what keeps the Shadowlands flowing. Um, and so anytime that you see, in fact, like we have in our lovely border here, the uh, all this red stuff, this is anima, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of the great way we get the, the vampire-like beings drinking red stuff without it having to be blood. Uh, so that's kind of one of the reasons it looks the way it does. But yeah, no, that's... That's uh, perfectly G-rated. It's just anima right there. Just this, uh, this solely wisp that uh, comes out of a person when they are drained. Um, so we're going to go through uh, the... It doesn't sound G-rated. That still sounds kind of scary. <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> no blood, enough. just your soul coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't uh, break any guidelines. <laughs> and it can be shown in China, so it is just much scarier than blood. <laughs> there we go. All right, so we have a few of the court of harvesters, including Prince Renathal. Is he part of the court? Yeah. Oh yes. In fact, Prince Renathal was the very first Venthyr ever created by Sire Denathrius. He is the firstborn son, the oldest brother of all Venthyr, uh, and he. 
is the harvester of dominion, uh, which means that uh, he has the ability to uh, control Venthyr if uh, they go against their purpose and alter the fabric of the Shadowlands. Uh, the power that every member of the Court of Harvesters has comes from a special medallion that they have, entrusted to them by Sire Denathrius himself, infused with a portion of his own power. Um, of course, the, the little thing here is that uh, he can take that back whenever he wants, and anytime it's uh, the power of the medallion that's used, uh, he knows everything that's going on with uh, whoever is using it. So there, there's no keeping secrets from Sire Denathrius if you are using uh, one of the medallions there. It's... And they can get passed on to someone else. So the original holder of a position in the Court of Harvesters might be long gone and it's someone else who was filling that position it's very it, lord of the rings right like if they use the ring like sauron would know that you used mm -hmm. it and where you're at and what you're doing with it right that's very very much so actually See, you, yes. you went lord of the rings i was thinking captain planet like, <laughs> is like captain planet giving all the lord of the rings i think is much more appropriate by our powers <laughs> combined i am captain planet earth wind Fire? Art. <laughs> Go planet! I've never seen it. Uh, but yeah, actually, and th this is a set of seven. Uh, and yeah, so Prince Renathal is actually the leader of the rebellion against Sire Denathrius because he realized that uh, Denathrius what didn't really have Revendreth of the Shadowlands' best interest in mind. He kind of wised up to the fact that uh, rather than uh, extracting the anima for the good of uh, Revendreth and the Shadowlands, Denathrius was hoarding it and keeping it away from everybody else who needed it. Um, it kind of like uh, French Revolution stuff, like, you know, let them eat cake type of thing. Uh, that's kind of what uh, Denathrius is doing here. And they don't mm. even know the reason quite yet. Um, they just know that... Uh, Hey, hey, ho, ho, Denathrius has got to go. So, uh... <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Renathal attempts to uh, get some support from other members of the Court of Harvesters, and some join him and some don't for their own various reasons. Uh, so, yeah, that's Renathal and uh, the power of Dominion. Our next uh, member of the Harvesters is the Countess. She is the harvester of desire. Um, she is essentially the big party planner and socialite of Revendreth. Uh, her role is basically managing the Venthyr nobility, uh, selecting savory souls for consumption by nobles, and uh, also there's souls who particularly suffered from desire in life, like that was their big uh, sin, that they kind of fall under her jurisdiction. Uh, she essentially uh, is all about having, uh, keeping the elites entertained with parties and trivialities so that they don't really have time to consider, you know, massive plots to overthrow the existing order and whatnot. She's the bread and circus uh, person, basically, uh, for the elite masses. So and that's, it makes, 
so much sense that she gives the the player that plays them legendary invitations that mm-hmm. then you know like it, it just fits with the lore so well yes exactly right that's great that's very clever i like that and she actually is rather neutral in the whole thing against uh between renathal and anathrius um she's more kind of a uh a subtlety, a play both sides type of thing. Uh, but she actually eventually just uh, surrenders her medallion willingly uh, to Renathal and the player, of course, uh, because obviously we're on that side. And uh, while, while kind of officially remaining neutral, she's just like, you know, you're causing some excitement around here. It's been so dreadfully boring here in Revedreth ever since uh, Renathal's little revolution got squashed. So, uh, yeah, you know, go ahead, take my medallion. I'm, I'll be entertained by what you do with it. Is essentially her approach to all of that. That's great. Wow. Okay, so the the next one up is the Harvester of Envy, which is has a different name, right? This was was a little bit confusing for me, but right. So as I said, the uh, the Harvester of title is something that all of these guys have, like Renathal's Harvester of Dominion, Countess's Harvester of Desire. So this guy's title is the Harvester of Envy. The more name, which is also kind of a title about the same time, uh, but he, this particular character, this holder of the position, goes by the name the Tithe Lord. And uh, the Tithe Lord is... Let's see, he is the 275th Harvester to hold the position of the Harvester of Envy. Uh, A lot of them don't change hands that much. As I said, Renathal is an original. Uh, uh, He's had that position forever. But uh, something tells me that when you deal with Envy, there's a lot of people who are envious to have your position. (laughs) And so that's my guess as to why it uh, changes hands so much. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically, uh, the Harvester of Envy oversees, assigning Sinstones to souls who come in. And we're going to talk more about Sinstones later, but essentially they, uh, they're kind of a ticket at the door that you get when you're a soul that enters Revendreth and needs to do a lot of atoning and whatnot. So, uh, he's kind of in charge of the, uh, assigning of all that stuff. Uh, for the new arrivals, and is in charge of taking the tithes, as said, his name is the Tide Lord, uh, of Anima from the Venthyr and the Souls. Basically, he's the tax collector. Huh. Uh, okay. And living up to the reputation of tax collectors, uh, this one did not join the good guys. Uh, in fact, he actually teamed up with Kel'Thuzad, uh, who was uh, having his own shenanigans over in the other realm of Maldraxxus. And uh, t- they teamed up together, and uh, he gave him... Uh, so Denathrius told the Tithe Lord to give Kel'Thuzad Renathal's old amulet of the power of Dominion. So essentially, you're getting Kel'Thuzad with the power of shaping the Shadowlands. Really scary stuff. It took... Uh, powers from uh, the Revendreth Rebellion and uh, and uh, Draka and the Necrolords from Maldraxxus working together to pry that thing off of Kel'Thuzad. Wow. That's yeah. intense. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, this uh, Tithe Lord, he's uh, he's bad news. He's he's like every stereotype of the uh, corrupt politician and tax collector that you could imagine, essentially. Nice. Okay. Uh, in the card art on Hearthstone, he's got that giant fork. Does that have anything to do with anything? Uh, <laughs> that's that's more just like the uh, illustrating the decadence type of thing. Uh, you know, mm. like, uh, you know, I, I have so much, you know, the lavish meals and whatnot type of thing. It's not, he doesn't like have like a magical fort that's his signature weapon or anything like that. Okay, cool. Doesn't really matter. I'm just curious because sometimes they include that stuff. All right. Uh, the next one up is the stone, right? Yeah. Yes. So the stone, right? Is, uh, one of the oldest members to hold the, uh, title of uh, a harvester she's not like renathal where she was one of the originals created because one of the things is that for venthyr that there are the original venthyr who created but souls who have completed their redemption can also become venthyr that they, they have you know some various options they can move on to another realm uh but uh, becoming a venthyr and helping to continue helping others atone is uh, something that uh, is often the best option for uh, uh, some of them, depending on the situation. And so uh, she's one of the oldest. She's only the second Venthyr to hold that title. So there was one before her, and it was, in fact, so long ago that even Renathal had forgotten that she wasn't an original. But uh, mm -hmm. a fun fact is that she was actually... Uh, on her world, which we don't know what world she was initially from in the long eons past... Um, but she actually served the goddess Alun, the same one that the night elves on Azeroth served, and uh, had the uh, title of Night Warrior uh, infused with a certain uh, kind of dark moon power that Taronda was infused with at one point in the story. And so there's actually a part in Shadowlands where uh, she is uh, kind of gathered to help Taronda handle all this Night Warrior power stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, what is but, she uh, uh, the harvester of? She yeah. is the harvester of wrath. Uh, oh, she, as in yes. wrath of air totem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no, she not. she is the <laughs> creator of the stone legion. So uh, basically, the giant gargoyle uh, warriors who are oh. the army of Revendreth, she created all of those. And so they often refer to as the Stone Mother or uh, whatnot. And she views all of them as her children. She actually has a strong hatred for the Nath regime because uh, due to a conflict that we'll talk about in just a little bit, they ended up getting a lot of her uh, stone uh, legions killed. And so uh, she has, you know, a burning hatred for all of them. In fact, it's only when the Nath regime come back that she actually throws in her lot with Renathal because initially she was like, Nope, Denathrius is too powerful. I'm not going to throw my children to be destroyed in an unwinnable conflict. Uh, and so, yeah, she, that's why they decided to make her the shaman, because, you know, kind of like, it was the closest they could think of for one of these uh, harvesters, because she's all about, you know, earth as an element. She carves things out of stone and infuses them to life with anima. Uh, again, anima is what powers everything. It's kind of like the their gargoyles who turn into robots when you like the anima is flipping the switch that turns them on. Um, and it's... in addition to all of that, 
Uh, she also can create uh, living weapons and uh, uses uh, wrathful souls to create both. Uh, part of her goal is uh, forcing souls to confront their violent actions or just beat them until they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically works that either you're sorry for what you've done and you want to atone, you are not sorry, and so you're tortured in some fashion until you finally are sorry. Or if you're really, really not sorry after a super long time, then you get thrown into the maw. That's kind of the way Crush. that it works there. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's super fitting that the Harvester of Wrath is just so big mad that she's like <laughs> goaded into helping Renethal <laughs> against Denathrius. Fair enough, yes. Uh, and then we have, uh, yeah, we, we, we still have more harvesters. We've got the too. other three, and these ones are not in the game, at least not in Hearthstone. Right. Mm hmm. So, yes. Uh, so, uh, first we have the accuser, who is the one in the, the most dress like outfit right there uh, on the left. Um, she is the harvester of pride. Uh, she extracts anima and sins through what is known as the ritual of absolution um connected to the uh cathedral of absolution by the way um and uh, helps to sire souls into becoming venthyr if that's their right path or sends them back to the arbiter to go on to another afterlife or of course condemns the maw if uh, that's something that needs to be done there is uh, she's also the one uh, who uh, helps to uh, uh, like I said there's various ways that souls are encouraged to feel some repentance if they don't initially one of those is getting sealed in solitary confinement inside crypts until they uh, you know it, it's basically the ultimate go to your room and think about <laughs> what you've done oh no yeah, Go to frankly, your crypt and think about what you've done. The accuser channels a lot of uh, disappointed disciplinary mom energy, honestly. <laughs> uh, our next one, who is at the top there, is called the Curator. She is the harvester of av avarice. And uh, she is essentially the great archivist of all of Revendreth. Uh, she is basically, like, her mind is a living archive. She remembers everything that was written on every sin stone and uh, also deals with uh, crypts and catacombs and stuff as well. But she is like the living library of Revendreth. Unfortunately, uh, she threw her lot in with Renathal, and uh, the accuser did as well. They're very much on Renathal's side. And uh, they... Um, the curator kind of got cast into the maw and it messed up her memory a bit. So it's taken her some time to, it's like she, she has to find the backup files at this point in the story in order to regain that full uh, competence that she had before. I, and I, then, have a I have a feeling that if the curator was in Hearthstone, that her voice line would be the menagerie is for guests. Only. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, hey. I was say not to be confused with the other curator. Yes, uh, yes. this one is not an arcane golem who, for some reason, is not considered a mech. Um, right. And yes, and then our last one, furthest on the right, is uh, a not so helpful one. Uh, this one is the harvester of 
dread. Uh, she is known as the Fear Stalker. And uh, basically, her, uh, her goal is uh, to manage the animal populations in Revendreth and uh, hunt down souls to make animal extraction in other wards easier. Uh, basically, what they do in, like, the Forest of Dread is... Uh, it's basically the most dangerous game, where they take all of these horrible souls who are used to dominating and frightening other people, and they put them in the middle of big, spooky, afterlife uh, vampire forest, and have them hunted uh, until they learn fear themselves. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. hardcore. Um, that sounds but, like fun. <laughs> but unfortunately, she is... Well, it's fun if you're doing the hunting. Uh, but she's one of the ones who sided with Denathrius and embraced more of the corruption aspect. And so uh, she... Uh, well, we have to kill her as players, and currently there's no one else to take her place yet. Uh, so... Yeah, that is, that's all seven of the uh, members of the Court of Harvesters, or as recent as those who have held such a position. Okay. Cool. So and moving right along to the servant mm -hmm. races then. Yes, now we're getting to where I was initially getting ahead of myself here with the dredgers. Um, so remember how I said that the Venthyr are kind of like the, the Victorian aristocratic elite? Mm -hmm. Dredgers are basically the cockney urchins. Like they literally they talk like this, governor. That that sort of thing. <laughs> uh yeah, and they just want to roll around. They're literally made from muck. Uh they they are created through alchemy, and they are the servant race. They are the janitors. Uh they're the ones who go and you know, I've gotta keep all the muck pipes working here, and I'm the waiter, I need to serve the hors d'oeuvres at the countess's uh banquets and so on and so forth. Uh they are very much expected to be seen and not heard. Many of the highest uh, you know, snood snootiest vampire, I mean we literally have a card that's called Alita Snob. That is a lot of the Venthyr. Uh, they are very much that, oh, dredges this. So I feel like disgusting. Morose should be there. Remember Morose? <laughs> yeah. From mm -hmm. Medivh's, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty Yeah, cool. one, one night. night is that, yeah. Yeah, yeah dredges, uh, many Venthyr have the approach that dredges should be uh, neither heard nor seen. They They should do their job, and frankly, it's really stepping out of line for them to even ask to be recognized for their work or anything, you know? I mean, it's... Yeah, uh, they, they get the, the short end of the stick uh, from a lot of Venthyr. Um, but th there's another type as well uh, called the Biggins. Uh, Biggins are essentially dredgers that... You, you, basically, how you make a Biggin is you have uh, a bunch of magic muck and you throw in a lot of dredgers... You throw in some special magic binding stone, and they just all merge into this one big brute. Uh, who you know they're they're not the smartest, of course. It's the typical you know um, dumb oaf type of uh, position, but you know they they can do a lot of the heavy lifting and all that sort of thing. Uh, so that's why you know I mean. Uh, for Buffet Biggin, I mean, just look at his expression. That That's not really intelligence in that face there. Um, wait, wait, so, how, so, so the muck pools then, that's how these are created? Yes. Uh, they're all, yeah, they're all made out of magical mud uh, infused with anima, of course. 
And uh, basically, yeah, so like that's how initial dredgers are made. You make a big one by just throwing in a bunch of dredgers and like they all lose their individuality and just become this one new thing. Uh, in fact, uh, as a player, uh, when you, if you uh, choose to join uh, the Venthyr, because in Shadowlands there's like all four covenants and you choose one for the character to join, you get to create your own personal dredger butler uh, <laughs> who is uh, like, uh, you know, follows you around and helps you out with some stuff. Um, and like you can collect little uh, outfits and hairstyles for them mm. and give them a little pony to ride and everything. And yeah, basically you're a lot nicer to him than most dredgers uh, get treated. So uh, yeah. yeah, that uh, the thing is that uh, I think one of the cool references from that uh, one uh, shaman card of the dredger is, you know, uh, throwing the stuff in the muck there. Yeah, uh, crud caretaker. Um, Basically, if if a bunch of stuff gets in the muck pools, that's it creates these chaotic elementals from it, which is where that card effect comes from. It's like, you know, he's, he says, like, hey, it's all fun and game till the muck starts moving, because, like, if they aren't kept clean, it just starts randomly coming to life and animating itself and creating problems. That's amazing. So that that's some great flavor. And that's just in a common card right there. But they got some <laughs> great really on point lore and flavor for that which i really appreciate all right and and then moving on we are going to talk a little bit about some locations and the general atonement process for something so um as i said we already touched on a lot of this for the the basics in uh while going over the quarter harvesters and everything um but I uh, wanted to make sure we highlighted the location that this is connected to. So, as I said, the Cathedral of Atonement is kind of where the uh, the accuser's base is. Uh, kind of her, the big thing with the process is make making them aware of their sins. Like, you know, bringing them to the light, finally getting them to admit that, okay, yes, I did that, and that thing was wrong. Like, that's... That's the first big step to it all. Uh, anima extraction is uh, one of the keys to it. That's partially, you know, it's the the keeping everything running there uh, because the anima is literally fuel, and also um, because it's it's the relieving of the uh, of the burden of the sins. Because remember, anima is made from all your life experiences and stuff. And so people who have built up, you know, a lot of pride, a lot of avarice, a lot of desire, whatever it is, they have a lot of access that can be siphoned off there. Uh, so it's it's all a part of the process. The, the details of exactly how and why that works are kind of a little murky, but it looks really cool. Uh, and apparently it does the job. So that's uh, that's basically the purpose of the Cathedral of Atonement there. And Repent! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but now we get to talk about Sinstones, which is a really cool aesthetic thing uh, with Reverend Dreth, I think, uh, because they, they're essentially, you know, they look like tombstones and everything, and uh, you go around with it strapped to your back and everything. So... When you get to Revendreth, you are uh, obligated to chisel out all of your uh, misdeeds on a stone that you then carry around everywhere. It's the, this record of everything that you have done. Um, 
And it's, uh, you know, one of the things that's, you know, a representation of what it is that you have to overcome. Uh, and the Sinstone Graveyard is actually where the stones of those who no longer need them are cast off. So it's not that there's actually people buried oh. there. It's more like it's a graveyard for the stones themselves because they are no longer needed. Uh, because once you either become a Venthyr or uh, move on to another afterlife, it's not relevant. However, because a Venthyr's Sinstone still exists, even though they have overcome their past as from when they were just a, a, a mortal soul, if you get a hold of that Sinstone, you can use that to gain control over the Venthyr by reading out their sins in like kind of some sort of uh, formal, uh, like uh, heraldic way uh, that it, it weakens them, brings down any natural defenses they have, and uh, allows them to be taken out even if they're very powerful. So yeah, uh, Sinstones can be Aventhyr's greatest weakness if they uh, don't keep them closely guarded and their enemies get a hold of them. So even once they're cast off in, in like, yes. Sinstone Grave, like, wow, okay, so why would you get rid of it at the graveyard if someone could use it against you? Like, wow, okay, okay. Well, some, uh, oftentimes it's they, uh, they get uh, misplaced or uh, uh, the, are stolen, uh, stolen. By, you know, people who want to get a a hold of you, you know, it, it's uh, it wasn't really much of a problem until recently, honestly, uh, with the revolution. Uh, because beforehand, you know, people were you know pretty unified in the purpose, uh, no one knew what Denathrius was up to. Um, but then we also have the sin stones of those who have been cast into the maw, the, the ones of the unrepentant that were never uh, done away with. And those uh, are what creates our rogue legendary card. Uh, <laughs> who is, uh, let's see. Halkius, uh, right? Halkius, yes. I, I don't know what, I have trouble trying to pronounce that for some reason. Uh, Halkius, yes. Uh, Halkius is basically a sinstone golem that is created from all the residual magic of the the powerful sinstones of the souls who were cast into the maw and they just naturally absorb anima that is around them and they can wreak a lot of havoc if they're not dealt with uh this one in particular is a dungeon boss uh, actually from the uh the halls of atonement dungeon uh, okay. So, like, before you go into the Cathedral of Atonement area, this is, like, a boss that you have to fight uh, outside of, uh, kind of in the courtyard area. Is this thing, like, huge? Because it looks like a cathedral. Um, It's kind of hard to tell from the Hearthstone art sometimes. Like, I don't know. Cause yeah. the, it's, seen... it's, maybe, it's, like, maybe as, halt, as tall as a house or something. Oh, just uh, as tall but, as a building, you know? <laughs> well, for for the height, it's, it's like a person. It, it, well, heck. Goliath, uh, I think you know, like the, the biblical Goliath. You know, like you got you got uh, a a very large person, like you know, maybe like a nine feet tall person. You know, pretty broad shouldered and all that. You know, probably would stretch up to the height of a single story house, but not as big and wide as a house itself. You okay, know? so we're not talking about the size of one of our like elemental lord type of thing no right? like our... no no by no means are they that powerful i saw this like the artwork looks like it's a 
like a cathedral, like with arms and legs. And mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, yeah. oh my. It, it's it's that whole aesthetic, you know, it's kind of what happens when you get a bunch of uh, elaborate gravestone looking things that all merge together. Gotcha. Okay. All I right. can jump uh, taller than a house. <laughs> oh, because a house can't jump. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm that brings back so, so many memories. Getting started on, on your dad jokes early. I'm proud of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, what is the Ember Ward? I guess that's what we're moving into, is that right? Yes. So this is where we get into uh, Brennethal's little revolution that ultimately failed. Um, Because, well, because he was using the power of his amulet, and he forgot that Zenathrius can see everything that happens with an amulet. So (laughs) it's kind of like... Well, okay, like you you guys are dads and or have a kid on the way. Um, A picture that, like, your kids left a walkie-talkie accidentally in your room. They have one in their room, and they're planning about how they're going to sneak out of the house or do something against the rules you've set as a parent. And they don't realize that you can hear everything that they are saying. <laughs> that is essentially what happened with Denathrius and Renathal. Well, it's... that's embarrassing. Whoops. Yes, it honestly <laughs> is. Very embarrassing for Renathal, unfortunately. And so, yeah, you know, he and the curator uh, got, got cast into the maw and you have to rescue them. Uh, and, you know, the, the Huser managed to get away, but she's very much on the run until you come along. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it just all worked really badly. The Ember Ward is actually what was originally uh, Renathal's home turf. It was the the ward that he had uh, dominion over and where the Nathrazine operated out. However, the Nathrazine had a little um, espionage issue that happened uh, because it said that that's their goal. They're the ultimate infiltrators. And as we mentioned last week, that one of their big things was Denathrius had them infiltrate the other cosmic races, mm-hmm. uh, the void, the light, all of that. Well, uh, the light uh, saw what uh, they realized that they were being infiltrated. And in retaliation, they full on assaulted the part of Revendreth that the Nathrazim operated out of. Uh, so they scorched the entire place with the holy magics of the light. And uh, light shall is- burn you. <laughs> And because of that, or uh, connected to it, Venthyr are very susceptible to the light. Uh, you might say the light, it burns. <laughs> uh, because, you know, it's reference to vampire type of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but in this case, it's not just light. It's, you know, the holy the. light here. Yes. Right. The light, capital L. Uh, the cosmic force of life and goodness and harmony in the universe, etc., etc. Um and uh, so what happened is that this is essentially unlivable for Venthyr now. Um, and it became the place that Denathrius would send uh, the political dissonance uh, who were questioning his power. Uh, so he would exile them 
to the place where, you know, this horrible, you know, uh, light that, that burns them uh, is constantly everywhere, except they can manage to scrounge a bit of shade. And when that happens, they start to go mad, uh, which is why we have Theotar, the Mad Duke. He was an ally of Renathal who got exiled there, and... Uh, Thankfully, he he didn't go completely all gone because when they go completely all gone, uh, then that's where you get like the ash elementals and uh, the uh, the crazed wretches. The crazed wretch is what event theory eventually turns into if they are trapped in uh, the Ember Ward for long enough, and it is entirely irreversible. Once you're a wretch. You cannot regain your sanity. You cannot go back to being a full Venthyr. You're just a, a crazed, uh, you know, uh, being just like, you know, jumping around and trying to devour whatever anima you can and whatnot. Theotar, thankfully, uh, is not that far gone. Uh, but as I said, he, uh, he, he's, he's a noble. And um, you say he has that, that air of decadence about him and everything. It's like, uh, actually, his his uh, voice line is a uh, quote from the Gator. He says that, you know, ma- uh, insanity is no excuse for bad manners. Cause he's very much about, you know, the proper <laughs> etiquette at the tea party and stuff. That's like you literally have quests about, you know, arranging tea parties for him, that that's the type of uh, person that he is. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, he's he's an ally that you uh, uh, rescue and recruit and, you know, plays uh, a decent, uh, sizable role in the story. Uh, he is, as we mentioned uh, last week, that one of the things in uh, Shadowlands is the idea of a soul bind. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that's someone that you kind of merge your soul with, you share some power, it's very close, and it's a mechanic that for every covenant, there are three characters that you can do soul binding with. If you are in Bastion, one of those is Pelagos. Uh, but if you are in Revadreth, Theotar is actually one of the people that you can uh, merge a soulbind with. And um, actually, that this is uh, something I don't think it made to the full game, but uh, it was uh, in the testing, and I loved the idea of it, that one of the powers that you would get uh, is because he's all about, like, you know, the fancy parties and everything, is mm. that you would be able to change your uh, transmog, your the customization of your outfit appearance for free, when normally you have to pay gold for it, depending on, you know, what, oh, how cool. much you're changing it. So, like, that wasn't something that fully made it into the game. They probably considered, yeah, everyone's just going to do that, uh, that to save the gold. But. That's soul bind. That's similar to, like, the items that you get that are soul bound. Yeah, yeah. It's, well... Well, that, it's that kind it, of, except it's an individual. Yeah, but the, the yeah for yeah, it's so the same thing as it being an individual, your soul binded to right. Those items are soul very, bound to you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a very personal connection type of thing. Yeah, and yeah, that's uh so that. But what ends up happening is that you uh managed to reclaim the Ember Ward and. Uh, actually set up operations there uh in shady areas of course uh and uh it becomes the headquarters for the court of harvesters to arrange their rebellion against sire denathrius as they work to collect all of the uh all of the amulets 
and uh, or sorry, medallions, as they work to collect all the medallions and eventually uh, raise enough power and allies to assault uh, Sire Denathrius himself in Castle Nathria. Uh, but we have uh, one other little thing to talk about before we have a break, uh, because when the Naru and the Light attacked the Ember Ward, there was uh, one who didn't make it back. Uh, basically, uh, this one uh, kind of fell down into pieces, was defeated in battle against the Nathrazim, and uh, was salvaged, shall we say, by Denathrius's forces, and held in the Sanguine Depth, which is like this super-secret laboratory and dungeon where uh, all sorts of very unethical experiments are conducted by Denathrius and his forces. And so there's, you know, you trying to pull some of the... Uh, power uh from the naru in order to uh torture enemies and whatnot and you know try to gain control over it and uh, our anima extractor card here is uh the exact type of individual who inhabits the sanguine depths uh and is the yeah it's it's very painful this is the sort of thing like i said where it's not just for the good of the souls this is where it's like outright the ones who go into the outright sadistic torture and just extracting anima because we want it and literally like burning up the souls and taking more than they can spare. Uh, it's, it's a very nasty place. Actually, this is something I forgot to uh, mention earlier in setting up the slides, but it's in the Sanguine Depths that uh, actually where we encounter as a dungeon boss, the uh, demon hunter legendary, uh, the Devourer, uh, so we talked about devourers last week. Yeah, this one, this one, like Crixus the Voracious, is that right? Yeah, yeah, he's that. Yeah, he yeah. this this particular devourer is specifically arr, arr, arr. a dungeon boss uh, from the Sanguine Depths because it's where there's these huge anima stores that, like I said, they're being all hoarded away, and so uh, it's like you know very attracted to that, uh, like like locusts to you know a rich field of grain or whatnot. And so, you know, it's just they're just trying to get in there and consume as much anima as they can. And see that that little guy is in there, or sorry, that very, very big guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then eventually you are able to retrieve the Naru uh, from the dungeon uh, where she is being experimented on and tortured and whatnot. And this is like, you know, discover like the big secret that Denathrius was uh, keeping down here. And uh, actually, um, because it's dangerous for her to be around Venthyr, she is given uh, jurisdiction over what's called the Dawn Keep in uh, the Ember Ward. The, the tower where the Naru kind of first landed. It's the most light-saturated place. So that's where she hangs out now that she has been rescued. Um, and, uh, we're going to get back to her in a little bit, but, uh, first I think that, uh, we, uh, we're going to take a little intermission because it's, uh, song time before we delve into Castle Nathria itself. Nice.
<laughs> what? <laughs> oh <Whoa>, no! <laughs> oh my! Yeah. Oh, you got me. <laughs> Brilliant. You're no strangers to Hearthstone. You know the rules, and so do I. Proper etiquette's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> You compensate for salt from all those other guys I just wanna set your mind at ease now Gotta make you understand Never gonna use thoughts to cheat Never gonna rage in defeat Never gonna spam emotes and annoy you Never gonna burn that rope Never gonna give you false hope And drag things out if I destroy you we both played Hearthstone for so long You see my friend request but you're scared to accept it At this point you think ignore would be best You've seen the salt and you now expect it And if you think I'm gonna rage now about the deck you trounce me with Never gonna use bots to cheat Never gonna rage in defeat Never gonna spam emotes and annoy you Never gonna just burn that rope Never gonna give you false hope And drag things out if I destroy you Never gonna use bots to cheat Never gonna rage in defeat Never gonna just spam emotes and annoy you Never gonna just burn that rope Never gonna give you false hope And drag things out if I destroy you <laughs> Cheat with bots Cheat with bots Never gonna cheat, never never gonna cheat Cheat with bots Never gonna cheat, never never gonna cheat Cheat with bots We've both played Hearthstone for so long You see my friend request but you're scared to accept it At this point you think ignore would be best You've seen the salt and you now expect it I just wanna set your mind at ease now Gotta make you understand Never gonna use bots to cheat Never gonna rage in defeat Never gonna spam emotes and annoy you Never gonna just burn that rope Never gonna give you false hope And drag things out if I destroy you Never gonna use bots to cheat Never gonna rage in defeat Never gonna just spam emotes and annoy you Gonna just burn that rope, never gonna get you false hope and drag things out if I destroy you. Well played. Wow, we got Rick rolled. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I, I as soon as I heard that record scratch, I was like, "What? I, is something wrong?" Wait, give me some extra editing to put that all together today. Wow, I'm I was even so like, impressed. "Oh, I, I read the file name. It's take on me. This is gonna be fun."
That's why I love Take <laughs> On Me. I thought, like, I was like, are you actually doing it? That's one of my favorite songs. Oh, my gosh. What I'm, I absolutely love it, too. How did you keep I, a straight I want to see if I can do it Sunday. <laughs> the guy's vocal range is a lot higher than mine, so maybe I'll be able to manage it at some point. I don't know. but uh, I, Yeah, no, mine, too. I can't. Uh, I, I, <sighs> I try to sing along, and it's, it's pretty horrific. Uh, <laughs> I can hit, like, half of his notes. No, it's like it was amazing. I was so into Take On Me before it happened. I was I was picturing the music video with that uh, like stop motion art and all that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, and I'm like picturing it. I'm like, imagine I could have Goliath's face doing it, and I'm like thinking about that. And the record (laughs) scratch came in. I'm like, excuse me, what? (laughs) Well, I'm saying I can't believe. I, I've never got Rick rolled so hard. Like uh, right. on our own show. Wow. <laughs> this is what I, I felt I missed the opportunity when we, we th- there was literally a show on April 1st. Uh, but oh. what are the odds, you know, however long it would be until that happened. And given that we've been having, you know, discussions recently about, uh, you know, like the, uh, I, I think it might've just, what, was it last week or whatnot? I think Hydra at one point you said like uh, you know a, a friend request and there was a bit of attention about oh is this person going to be mad that I beat him with the DAC or something? Mm-hmm. But they were fairly. Uh, I've just got to thinking about that and like this is the song that fits that best. But man, I I cannot waste this by just making it the song. Don't worry, I I have the the full file that you can put on the website. It's just you know this thing without the Rickroll trick. In oh there. no, but, it's so uh, good. That's part. That's <laughs> half the fun. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. If that's what you want, then oh, no, go we need ahead. the Rickroll trick in it, and that- it has to be called "Take on Me" on <laughs> parody one. Well, yeah, because oh, if, my uh, goodness. If, if we want to post it and and stuff too, we need everybody else that has doesn't watch this live yeah. to get Rick rolled, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I classic. I and I I, know, I needed to make sure that you guys didn't you know listen to it before the show, otherwise it I was wondering. Ruined. You always send it to me too. I'm like, yeah, why didn't he send it? Like I was a little buttered about it. Like, why wouldn't Goliath send me the song? I didn't get to hear it this time. Well, I, I also <laughs> recorded it kind of last minute after work today, but uh, <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Oh, you got me. definitely that's great Uh, wow all right all right you've outdone yourself yet again and speaking of plot twists (laughs) well played uh it turns out that uh big plot twist is that uh all the anima that he has been hoarding he uh shunts it all down into the maw to uh, provide fuel for the jailer to eventually break out. Uh, so he has good, and all this huge anima power. And this is part of what is eventually, uh, you know, motivating, you know, it's kind of the big exposure that, oh man, you know, more people need to flock around those cause. Like basically if we're going to take out the jailer, who is the big bad of the expansion, Denathrius has to go first because he is such a huge ally. He is extremely powerful. And uh, basically this is where uh, the very first raid of Shadowlands comes in Castle Nathria. Uh, and so a lot of our legendaries here are bosses from the Castle Nathria raid, and a lot of the locations are the places that we fight them in. So uh, we're just going to take a little tour here, because uh, first uh, we have, as our first legendary, a Huntsman 
Altimore in the kennels. And uh, this guy right here is essentially, well, it's uh, kind of self-explanatory. He is uh, Royal Huntsman here. Uh, he is uh, in charge of making sure that his master has the finest beast, should he ever choose to indulge in uh, hunts himself. Because as I mentioned, that's uh, a whole thing that they have, you know, where they, you know, hunt down the uh, souls of those who caused fear in order to invoke fear themselves. And so this guy is, you know, like the, the royal beast master. He makes sure that uh, they have uh, the finest gargons. And by the way, gargons are uh, not animals in like the truest sense. They are actually much like the Stone Legion. They are carved from stone and animated by anima, just like uh, the others. It's just that they're in a uh, bestial form, actually. Uh, they are described as being chiseled in the image of things that go bump in the night. Is this similar to what the Stone Rite was making or different? She made all this stuff, yeah. Right. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. I just checking, and, like, and they just call them gargons to to get around uh, the uh, copyright from gargoyles, right? Ah, uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, but actually, gargoyle because like the gorgons, right? We're known for, for like if you take a look at now, turn into stone. Yep, right, turn into stone. Uh, uh -huh. I know it's uh, we have like uh, Zola the gorgon or whatever, but like gorgons mm -hmm. turn stuff into stone, like Medusa and the whole yeah. The old exactly. Zelda Gorg Gorgons, too. Mm, now I want the big, cheese. The big stone guys. <laughs> gotcha. Gargons all the cheese. All right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. All right. So the kennels, that's just a location within the castle? Yeah, that's the name of the location that you have that boss fight in. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Very cool. All righty. And then, so, okay. So the next one up is the, is this the warlock uh, legendary Lady Dark Vane? Yes, uh, Lady uh, Inerva Darkvane, as her full name here. Uh, she is uh, kind of kind of a, a dark scholar type of thing. She she seeks to unlock the animus mysteries, and she studied uh, studied under Donathrius and uh, learned insidious secrets to turn it against his enemies. Uh, she is capable of stripping anima from uh, invaders and uh, using it to shape a new dark future, according to her little uh, raid boss bio, actually. So, uh, yeah, she is another boss there uh, that you fight in the raid. And um, she's down in the big anima stores area, which is another place that would have probably made a really cool uh, location card, actually. Uh, so this is where there's basically these huge vats of the stored anima that's just been, you know, hoarded and siphoned and being used for Denathrius's, uh, you know, private enjoyment and uh, kept away from everybody else. And uh, yeah, she just, you know, kind of like can pull on all that anima and shape it to her will. Okay. And so that's kind of uh, leaning into her whole, like, you see, like, she, she has a book there and everything. Uh, the Vile Library location is actually a Hearthstone exclusive creation, as is the Hedge Maze. So uh, those are ones that Hearthstone made up, but they very well could exist in Castle Nathria. It's an absolutely huge place. Who's to say we explored all of it in a raid? You know, we're, we're going there with the single goal of overthrowing the guy who owns the house. So, uh... Again, it's Hearthstone doing that very, eh, it can happen, and I like believing it does, so it's canon in my head. Hey, nice. 
All right, then. So this next one we talked about a little bit last week, right? As one of our characters, but it looks like we're going to get into it a little bit more now. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So we talked a bit about uh, the race of the brokers, but uh, not about this guy in particular. Uh, so this guy right here, uh, the Artificer Zymox, uh, he is. As you see here, uh, the Reliquary Vault. Uh, this is an area of the castle uh, where Denathrius has a lot of his most precious and powerful artifacts kept. And uh, basically, this guy right here, this uh, broker, as I mentioned last time, they are very opportunistic. Uh, they are, like, as I, I described before, goblins on steroids, uh, just like the ultimate, you know, uh, they live in cartels. Uh, part of their name is, you know, based on what cartel you are from. And uh, this guy basically sees that there's a lot of chaos going in Castle Nathria, and he decides, hey, you know, while uh, everyone's all distracted, I think I'll just sneak into the reliquary vault here and uh, help myself and see what uh, some of this stuff does. Uh, he has no loyalty to Denathrius. He just uh, is exploiting the opportunity. Uh, it says that uh, according to his raid bio, he actually uh, has worked with Denathrius, but uh, he's mostly concerned with getting the better end of the deal. And uh, basically, his raid boss fight is all about him experimenting with the different relics around. Uh, so he's like, oh, what does this do? What is it? Oh, this rips reality apart. What do you know? And those are the mechanics that you have to work around in what order to defeat know? him. <laughs> he actually <laughs> returns what, what in, the, in the last <laughs> boss of the expansion um, where uh, you are in... That, uh, that origin of the Shadowlands, Zareth Mortis. And he's like, ooh, there's even more reality warping things here that I can use to become more powerful. And so he's actually, yeah, you fight him uh, as a raid boss in two different Shadowlands raids. This is where you first meet him. Uh, he's Artificial one of the more troublemaking here, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> now he's not actually like a demon hunter, right? This is no. Do they just no. put it in Demon Hunter because Demon Hunter needed some stuff, and so the relics? That's are, what are has the, happened uh... with a lot of Demon Hunter cards, honestly. Um, mm. Demon hunters proper are just the Illidari. They are the mm. the night elves and blood elves who look like Illidan. They have the horns, they have the eyes, they hunt with the glaives and all of that. Um, and then sometimes stretches out like for uh, Ashes of Outland um, or for uh, for hey just the expansion that we just had uh, with all the Naga because uh, they had uh, the Lady Sethro uh, who was actually a Naga ally of Illidan. So sometimes they're able to work that sort of thing in. But a lot of the time, demon hunters just are not relevant to many of the set themes that they are going for. So they just kind of set something in that is either related to its just purely mechanic wise that kind of makes sense with what they can do or i think part of it is to kind of just go for the whole general outcast theme what's the what's the outlier here like you had the quillbores back in uh barons and such and uh you know, like the the death knight quillbores that that one legendary mm -hmm. and uh i think it's just kind of the the general thing that uh, demon hunter gets what doesn't fit anywhere else? Uh, when you don't have a demon hunter proper, you have 
an outcast of some sort is kind of the the best way that I can rationalize outcast. the flavor that goes Interesting. with Interesting. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it sounds it, like it, WoW yeah. and mm. Wild Hearthstone have a lot in common and that demon hunters are kind of irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Burn. yes. Uh, Demon Hunters were relevant to uh, the story of Warcraft in the expansion they were introduced in, uh, Legion, and they haven't really had much special to do since. They're just kind of there helping out the Alliance or Horde or whatever world-ending threat is happening, but there's not very much Demon Hunter-specific stuff or even really mm -hmm. Demon Hunter-specific characters that are introduced much, so Hearthstone has to get creative when they want something with the class. Makes me wonder uh, what they're going to do if they ever introduce the other player classes like Monk and Death Knight as actual Hearthstone classes. Uh, are they going to be able to find enough ways to get creative? Or maybe they re they think 10 is good. We have enough trouble finding things to fit Demon Hunter. Maybe we're just going to stop there. I don't know where they're going to go with this, honestly. Yeah. It'll, yeah. It'll happen one day. Uh, but we're not finished yet right here. We still have a few more guys to talk about. Yeah, buddy. All right. So you guys know and love slash hate this fella right here. I know, at least from a card <laughs> perspective. So this guy's carrying a, a rather large... I. So it's, it's Kel'thas, but I saw the name of the card. It's called Sin Strider instead of Sun Strider. Mm -hmm. And then if you look Dang. at the art, like... This dude is carrying a giant sinstone on his back. I mean, yes, it's a, a rather large sinstone there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's well, definitely Kelthos the Chained. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys remember we we've talked a bit about Kelthos's story and such. Uh, it didn't quite end well, did it? Uh, do you guys remember much, or would you like a little refresher? Previously ah. on Born to Be What? <laughs> right, magic. My people are addicted to it. Literally, uh -huh. that's the whole thing with the yeah. Blood Elves, is that they are addicted to the magic. Uh, and in order to find a source to sate that magic, uh, Kel'thas ended up joining forces with Illidan in Outland, yeah. uh, which is where we first met him, in Ashes of Outland. And, um, but uh, Illidan was really focused on his own goals and didn't really get around to the whole actually providing Kel'thas with a thing that would help keep his people uh, from dying of magic deprivation. And so uh, Kel'thas decided to ally with the Demons of the Burning Legion instead and ended up becoming all fell corrupted and basically he's a whole on villain and he, you know, betrayed his people and is all... Just uh, had a complete turnaround uh, villain thing going on there. Um, and so... Being a prince, an elven prince, even just that, and a super powerful mage, there's already a lot of ego going on there. Uh, mix it with everything he's done. He's ending up in Revendreth. But uh, yeah. it's not just his own sins that are the reason for that absolutely huge sin stone there. Because there's a, one of the thing, the raids, bosses... Is called Sun King Salvation, where you're trying to rescue him because he is being loaded with other people's sins by Denathrius as a way of kind of like supercharging him, like with extra, you know, sin anima energy that Denathrius can harvest. <laughs> 
And uh, yes, actually, you uh, you managed to uh, rescue him and uh, recruit him, and he actually becomes an ally to the Quarter Harvesters in your fight uh, against uh, Denathrius to collect all the medallions and whatnot. Um, he is a personal pet project of the accuser who's trying to work to get him to actually repent and admit that, yeah, he wasn't entitled to everything and he did actually make mistakes because he's too prideful to admit that anything that he did was wrong. It was everybody else's fault, of course. Um, and uh, actually, they consider that were Kalthas a bit further along down his path of uh, redemption, he could potentially actually fill one of those missing slots on the quarter harvesters that doesn't have someone to hold a medallion. He's not quite there yet, but uh, Renathal's kind of considering maybe someday if we don't have anyone yet. Um, you know, it's it's like 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 if if you want that promotion at work. And they're like, eh, well, you know, we don't think you're quite qualified yet, but if the position is still open uh, in X amount of time, then by all means, feel free to apply. Uh, it's uh, basically that situation going on with Kalthos there. And uh, the Sinstride title is more just a, a pun with the Hearthstone card. He isn't actually known by that in WoW, but uh, it's oh, it's a good it's, play it's on fun. words. It's that's... yes. Yeah. I appreciate a play on words way too much to consider that something bad. I watched Agreed. the I watched the order last night, the old the uh, Keith yeah, Heath Ledger movie, and it's funny because you were talking about this like there's that whole thing about like the sin eater in that movie, and uh, it's like very on on theme or on point with this card. <laughs> very funny. There's also a sin eater in the Spider Man comics. Oh, well, how do you do? Okay, I, I've read a lot of of them, but not far apparently but <laughs> hey that's cool um all right so kelthus sinstrider and then next up is a, another location the great hall yeah so this is one where uh the location is a card but the boss itself is not uh this is where you fight the council of blood and uh they're just basically a group of you know high-powered aristocrats who you know like cozying up to denathrius and he infuses them with power and you have to fight them to get to him and yada 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 but uh the fun thing about this fight that i thought you might want to know is that it utilizes like the the floor squares in the great hall that you essentially it's like a ball dance uh where you have to move in certain positions like you're dancing as part of raid mechanics uh -huh. they literally say things okay now you must boogie down spin uh, your partner around around that sort of thing essentially yes it's literally a part of the raid fight where they are making you a dance in the great hall uh otherwise you know yeah you get debuffs that are very powerful and probably die and wipe the raid and everything uh so that's not really a bunch of lore to talk about all this per se but it's a really fun thing that leans into the flavor of this great hall aspect so it's kind of i want to would let you know that. Nice. I was mm -hmm. gonna say it's kind of funny. I think with some of the locations, they probably were like, "Well, we need one for each class. What do we? Mm -hmm. What should we do for the paladin class?" Like, well, fine. the great hall. Mm -hmm. Why not? <laughs> Sounds. Great. And all of the classes have a very strong identity. Uh, like through all the cards mm -hmm. about the 
the whole general area of the castle is located in, like, clearly, in, like, the Druid is the hedge maze area and uh, all the nature stuff and the Forlock is a vile library. And those might be ones that they made up, but, uh, like, for example, with the Paladin cards, we have Stuart the Steward. It's, it's all, and there's the sinful sous chef. And so the idea of this is the place where we dine and dance mm. is very baked into how they chose to portray the Paladin class in uh this particular set and uh the warlock is all about the sanguine deaths with the extraction of the anima and you, you can see that theme through just about all of them if you look closely enough through all the different class cards very cool all right we have a fun one next where i i'm really interested to hear about the living mm -hmm. blade here yeah yeah so this is the part where we get to the final fight against the nathrius himself as the end boss of the castle nathria raid nightcloak sanctum is the room in which we have that big showdown with him and it is a very long fight largely because there's a lot of mechanics where you're just fighting or trying to avoid getting hit by Remora, the Living Blade, who is basically this uh, sentient, uh, very bloodthirsty uh, sword who is kind of, you might say, like uh, the right-hand henchman of Denathrius in a way, except it's a sword uh, who is sentient. And, uh, well, uh, let me... Put it this way, uh, sh uh, let me read you a few of her lines. Um, uh, she says things like, uh, after you defeat him, Treacherous prince, I will skewer you, slice you, slash you, vivisect you, cut ribbons from you. And Prince Renathal yells, we've all heard quite enough from you. Uh, oh. It's like, she says things like that throughout the entire fight. Uh, and she's like, you know, very obsessed with... Uh, you know, uh, with the, the slice and dice aspect, she revels in it. A very, a very bloodthirsty sword, right? Um, Wasn't it something like, you know, let me cut him to ribbons or something like that? Exactly. <laughs> uh, and in fact, uh, it is the part where uh, in, in Denathrius is um, where, where he's able to beat Renathal uh, before, after you free Renathal. Um, and you guys try another assault on Denathrius before the raid itself, but it fails uh, because Denathrius literally, that there's a whole cinematic of this if you want to look it up. Uh, he just unleashes Remora and she's just flying around in like a slash here, slash there, wounds him as he's charging towards Denathrius. And eventually he's just like falling down on the ground because he's like so wounded and he's just slumped at Denathrius's feet and he's like, this was your big final last stand. Pathetic. He just picks him up and watches, makes him watch as he releases all the anima and the maw and everything. Uh, and, but here in this fight, after all that, uh, what happens is that after we defeat Denathrius, uh, Ramora, the ever loyal servant, absorbs Denathrius's essence with the intention of flying down to the moss so the jailer can make him whole again, essentially undoing what we just did. Um, but uh, Renathal and his allies are able to capture Remora, and they actually imprison her in the Dawn Tower under the stewardship of the Naru there. So, because, remember, 
Denathrius isn't exempt from this whole the light it burns thing. So this is his prison. Uh, he is stuck inside his own sword, trapped inside the light, with the idea from Renathal that not only will this be contained, maybe after he suffers enough, he'll finally start to rem remember the purpose that he was meant to do. And basically, he has to go through a long period of repentance himself. However, it doesn't really stick. Because we have those Nathrazim again, those those pesky little Nathrazim uh, and Malganus returning and everything. Uh, because while Malganus uh, makes a bit of a scene and keeps uh, Renathal and the player distracted, um, other Nathrazim, remember how I said they can infiltrate just about anything uh, mm -hmm. and you never knew that there was a replacement? Yeah. Well, it turns out that they are infiltrated the guards who are watching over um, the sword and Denathrius's prison, and they're able to momentarily disable the Naru and grab the sword and vanish off to wherever. So this is the point where we are right now. Denathrius, he might be absorbed in his sword, but he is not dead. He is out there somewhere in the cosmos. It's basically a guarantee he's going to be a returning villain at some point in uh, the World of Warcraft story moving forward. We have no idea where he is, what his ultimate plan is, where he's going to strike. But the whole thing with the Nathrazim, they, uh, they were initially exiled because of that whole business with... Uh, the Wrath of the Naru and creating the Ember Ward and burning it and everything. But that was all originally a part of the plan. Denathrius got them purposely exiled so that they could go out into the material world and then create the Burning Legion by becoming demons and influencing Sargeras to fall and uh, go down the corrupt path and all of that stuff because it all ultimately fueled Denathrius's plans and the Jailer's plans. And uh, yeah, so the remora right there, that is where Denathrius is as of this point in the story. In the sword. Okay. His in the sword. Yep. So the Nathrazim stole her with him in, in, inside. And maybe he's escaped from her at this point. We don't know. The end question mark. <laughs> so, so let me ask that. What is your hot take on this mystery thing? Is that... Is it a big red herring? Is it a Hearthstone exclusive storyline? Are they just having fun? Or who do you like? I don't know what their long term plan is. Like, are well, they are they going to you know reveal the quote unquote killer, or is it? Are we all just well, going to get Rick? The, the whole thing is that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! If Rick Astley came out, <laughs> Denathrius is. I believe what the, what they're doing here is Denathrius is faking his own death. Uh, in order to kind of draw out his enemies and either just play around with them or get an advantage over them or expose some dirty secret about them or something. Um, because for one thing, he's narrating his own, uh, you know, <laughs> intro here. It's like, oh no, I have been killed. Uh, one, that's a little sus in and of itself. But also when you play the card, what does it say? It says, a toast to all of those who would try to kill me. It's like, 
he, that 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 has to be him like you know coming back and everything he's gonna have to reveal haha i am not dead i fooled you all that's the story that i think that they are going with for this expansion but i have the feeling that it's one of those things that the story will you know be fully continued and concluded in the mini set that's what they like mm-hmm. to do um yeah. so we'll see where it goes with that and there there's a lot of different characters that we could potentially see at some point. As I said, there's there's those members of the Court of Harvesters who aren't mm-hmm. cards yet. They could be interesting legendary minions uh, if, if they were to maybe focus on something like uh, the Ember Ward or another part of Revendreth. Or if they went into like the Mon, the Jailer connection, that's another way. Uh, th- there's a few directions that this could honestly go. and. I can't really say uh, with as much certainty as I've been able to for some past expect, uh, expansions what I think the mini set is going to be. Is that there? There's just so much Shadowlands that could be Hearthstoned. We don't know where they're going. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. They, we could see the Naru as a priest card, maybe. Although I, we've already got a couple of those. Maybe we don't need them. <laughs> they make good priests and paladin cards because both are about the mm. light. So. It shall burn Denathrius, at least. <laughs> and then, uh, so that's all of the, the big lore stuff for us to handle. Uh, we've covered pretty much all, all of the uh, all of the uh, canon character legendaries who aren't uh, Hearthstone exclusive creations. Like, uh, we don't know what's going on with Rafam there, why he's in the Shadowlands. I'm sure that uh, Hearthstone has created some fun stories about all that. But there are some fun little reference cards that I wanted to talk about as well to uh, some activities or Easter eggs in Revendreth that I was happy to see became cards. So um, one of my favorite things about Revendreth is this little mini game that you get to play if you are a member of the Venthyr, which is essentially a party managing simulator. It's called the Ember Court. <laughs> And the whole thing is that, like, you are uh, attempting to make diplomatic ties uh, with, across the Shadowlands uh, in order to, you know, build up your power in order to fix Revendreth. And how do Venthyr do that? By taking a page from the Countess's book, you throw just the best parties ever in order to make good relations with everybody. And... Yeah. Uh, so uh, this guy, this guy right here, the Invitation Courier, he is a reference to uh, this uh, little small uh, Corrigoyle guy uh, who is named uh, Timet, I believe is how you pronounce it, who is initially the Sin Herald. Like, he's the one who, you know, read your Sin Stones and condemn you and stuff. But then uh, he, he is appointed as the Party Herald instead, and he's the one who... <laughs> hands out the invitations and you can invite uh, people from all across the shadowlands and yeah it's this whole uh uh, simulator where like the different guests like different things like some of them like it to be a messy party some of them like a little danger others like it to be nice and secure uh some like having very formal attire others want like you know a rock and roll type of party and so it's all about you know inviting the right guests arranging the right entertainments making sure everyone is having a good time with the party it's it's a whole mini game that you can only play if you are uh, Revendreth uh, Covenant aligned in World of Warcraft. It was one of my favorite things to do during the expansion period. Just 
made help me live out my uh, my party hosting uh fantasies uh what a job change <laughs> right that's pretty funny yeah the party herald is here well and, the, and the, to go from the the like the big bad uh thing to now the party herald that's pretty funny yes that's great <laughs> and it's actually also a uh connection with uh the other uh the next one there the party favor totem because uh one of the things as the the rewards that you get uh for successfully making your guests happy is you get uh, special little you know attributes uh, or goodie bags you know party favor type of things that they leave behind so it's not actually a totem the totem is just for shaman uh, mechanic related things in hearthstone but uh you know the the whole idea of like the party favor and everything is a thing uh as the the ember court mini game there and i just get a a huge kick that like this is a thing that uh they decided to include because it's it's one of the best parts of it in my opinion um we also have uh two other uh reference cards here uh one of them blanchy uh or sin runner uh you can tell in the uh the Flavor text, it makes reference to that its name is Blanche. And uh, this is actually a rare mount uh, that uh, people can try to get in Warcraft in Revendreth. Uh, I personally took a long time for me to get this one, but I really wanted it because it was really cool. And uh, it's called Blanche the Sin Runner. Eh, that's the name of the card, Sin Runner. And right. uh, it's one of those, you know, you have to camp in the right spot waiting for it to spawn, which it only does like every like five hours or something. And uh, then, you know, you have to get in a group and be able to, uh, you know, uh, do the right things. You actually don't fight her. What you need to do is to uh, help take care of her. So first, yeah, like, yeah, you need to find, like, some horseshoes for her and, and feed her apples and brush her hair until, like, <laughs> you know, she uh, she trusts you and you're her friend and everything. She's actually uh, a horse from an earlier expansion in World of Warcraft. You can see Blanche the Horse in a uh, an Eastern Kingdom's alliance zone called uh, Red Ridge. And uh, she's just a horse pulling a cart and everything. And there's references like, she seemed like such a mild-mattered horse. What, uh, what could she have done to have ended up in Revendreth? You know, like, we don't know what, uh, what sins this horse committed, but... Uh, she looks yeah. like she's made out of, like, pure anima, too. <laughs> Essentially, yes. <laughs> like, so, Yeah, that's, it's just a really cool reference, and I'm glad they made a card about it. And then our yeah. last one here is uh, actually a special ability um, for all classes, um, but they decided to make it a rogue card called Door of Shadows. So anytime you uh, join one of the four covenants, uh, you get like a special ability that's like a class spell. And we talked about those last time uh, because they made cards mm -hmm. for uh, each of the classes with a special covenant class spell. But there's also just a, a special general covenant ability that everybody gets. Uh, Sheep, remember how I mentioned that if you join Bastion, you get your own personal steward? Yes. Uh, that's the event. That's the ability that you have yes. if you join Bastion. Oh. 
Cool. And if you join Ravendrath, you get an ability called Door of Shadows, which essentially allows you to teleport anywhere. Uh, basically, you know, you uh, if there's a, like a high ledge that you can't jump to, you just you know move over and you kind of disappear in this thing of anima and uh, peer up on the ledge where you were aiming. And so Door of Shadows is uh, a specific Ravendrath exclusive ability that anybody can use that makes getting around a lot more easy and fun. Uh, so oh. yeah, that's that's the last of our little uh, references and Easter eggs, but uh, I nice. thought they they were worthy of bringing some attention to. Very cool. It's always fun when there's like the inside jokes or the things that like are you know are there, but that you wouldn't know unless you're you know played the game. And and for the bulk of people who just play Hearthstone casually and not World of Warcraft to play these cards and stuff, and that's fun. But it's a nice little nod to. The, uh, the, the folks who play WoW or know the stories behind, and so it's neat to see these inclusions. And again, my it's mind is blown, like, why I always try to include the, the WoW art with the Hearthstone cards is that when you compare them, they look so similar. They've really mm -hmm. done a wonderful job, as always, of trying to get, to get the artwork to, to match. With a Hearthstone twist, too, right? Like, yeah. Because you see it in, in the 3D world that WoW is, and then we see it in the, the nice style that Hearthstone does. So it's like similar, but with that tiny little twist that Hearthstone likes to put on things, turning things maybe even cuter, <laughs> usually cuter, or <laughs> a little scarier. Or whatever. <laughs> so I think, yeah, it's super cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all the stories with us. I'd love to see them all, hear about them, and, and you know, what a neat thing. I'm really curious to see where they go with the mini set and see how mm -hmm. things connect and, and what they choose to do with it. And they have a really unique um, way of doing things with Hearthstone, where sometimes it's, you know, it's very WoW lore dependent, and sometimes they choose to do their own thing, and sometimes it's somewhere in between. Like, we've seen them retcon a few things in order to, like make everything work together and like it doesn't really matter it's just all fun and so yeah i, I i'm enjoying it and i'm very curious to see what will happen like they've really pushed this whole murder mystery thing and <laughs> as they've left things off it's like nobody really knows what happened and so i'm i'm curious to see like they can't just leave it on a cliffhanger right i mean they have to tell right. us something so there's still the mini set. We shall see. I, I suspect that that's where they will go with it is, is kind of the continuation of this whodunit. So, <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll even release a uh, sequel to that whole script thing that they did. I'm yeah. really thinking so. They, that would be great. And, uh, you know, I was looking for, I have to look, I have to look again, but last I heard like, I know they did that thing on Twitch with all the different content creators playing the roles of the different mm -hmm. parts, but I didn't, I couldn't find it on YouTube anywhere. And I don't know if the VOD exists, but I really wanted to watch it. It sounded fun. I know the VOD, the VOD on Twitch. Yeah. Exists. Cause I, I watched it there, but yeah, I yeah. still need to see that. We'll have to, not, find, we'll have not to sure find about the, yeah, not sure about the YouTube one. Well, thanks again, Goliath. It's always an absolute treat to have you on teaching us about the things that we do not know. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great. And always uh, a thrill to be on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Goliath, for kind of bridging the gap between, you know, wow and hearthstone and just making it 
I always feel like whenever we we finish one of these that I have just so much more of a connection to the cards and, and can like point to that and be like, look, that's why, I mean, not the stone, right? You know, <laughs> for example there, but like, that's why, you know, they they interact in the way that they do. And I'm, I really look forward to playing cards with that kind of like fresh take again. And something in, to always keep yes, a lookout for is sometimes they will have cards and heroes that have exclusive uh, voice lines in relation to each other. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's almost always uh, a story reason for that. So I don't know if people have experimented enough or had enough combinations to find all of those, but uh, keep your eye out. And uh, odds are, if you see any of them, like if there's anything, perhaps if you play Renathal and your opponent is Denathrius or something, I don't know if there is anything like that, but uh, Odds are you'll probably understand whatever reference you end up seeing. Nice. That's a great idea. I wonder if the new cards are up on uh, that Hearth SFX website yet. They are. Oh well, just have, oh yeah. I, I see don't him. see any specific interactions with Prince Renathal though. Missed opportunity, or it's not recorded yet. You know what? Though we could look at. These. Remember, there's also a Prince Renathal hero that no one has gotten in the reward track yet, unless they're crazy um, right Ooh. now. I guess so. Yeah. See, if we look here at, let me scroll down to Sire Denathrius. Sometimes there's special. Oh, there is special stuff. Okay. Okay. Ah, uh, this is a shame because y'all aren't going to hear this. Uh, so there is. A special voice line when Denathrius is on one side and Renathal as the hero is on the other side. Ooh, okay. And then there's special voice lines for uh, playing the following cards. Cleave, which is the old card, right? Burden of Pride, Conqueror's Banner, and Mortal Strike. So, uh, there are special voice lines here. You will regret playing your those along insolence. with... Um, okay. Like, against a certain hero? Uh, no, just one played. Um, so Cleave. You will all suffer! Yeah, but you can't hear it, right, unfortunately? None will yeah. survive! None our end. Pain oh. cleanses the soul! I don't see the special ones on. I will cut stuff. you down! But, I believe you. If you, uh... They're there. And they're... Boop, 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 boop all the way at the bottom if you check it out so it for those of you listening or, or watching hearth sfx is a really cool website and um it's got basically all of the different hearthstone cards and all the different sound effects that they make it's really cool you can uh explore. oh you were looking at the sire denathrius hero that's what Correct. threw me off i was yeah. looking at the minion yeah no no, no. yeah the okay. hero and then Renathal uh, has some as well, so a different opening when you play against Denathrius. How far you have fallen, master. Uh, and then a special opening, or a special line when you play against Sylvanas, which is interesting. You'll uh, find yes, uh, that Sylvanas my will was, uh, is my own. The, the Jailer's biggest... Uh, uh, biggest helper for a while she's oh. the one who initiated a lot of this trouble with the shadowlands uh, and was the the big bad of uh of a portion of it for a while and gotcha. so yeah they uh renathal would have some beef with sylvanas i'm sure these are both so renathal and denathrius are both warrior heroes mm -hmm. and then so renathal has special voice lines when you play execute brawl revenge burden of pride uh riot i think it says and conqueror's banner so very cool um we'll have to have to check those out I, it's always fun when they've got special interactions 
We, yeah. I don't know about the cards themselves. They, I pro- probably not. But the heroes the is usually where that stuff lies. Yeah. The way that it yeah. works is that uh, like if you play a legendary card, sometimes they will have it where uh, the opening voice line that the card says, rather than the typical one, if your opponent is a certain hero, that there is a different one. Like yeah. if you, if your opponent is the Garrosh skin and you are playing Karen Bloodhoof, instead of the Earth Mother will watch over us, he says, Garrosh, you are not worthy to lead the Horde. And so that there's some, uh, in fact, if you play the, well, what before Illidan was the, the Demon Hunter card, remember back when he was a legendary that no one played, if you played him <laughs> against... I played him in Quest Rogue! If you played him against a Malfurion, <laughs> then he would say something like, hello, brother. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they have done that sort of thing in the past. I don't yeah. know what they still do, but there is still sometimes uh, where you can find in the game, it's an interaction where you playing a legendary minion uh, or them playing against you to an opposing hero that they have a lore relation with. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to we'll have to goof have around to with that and around. see. Yeah. And we just won't know um until <laughs> we find out, I guess. So, I uh, will see. I'm excited to see though and I I'm curious to see if there's any sort of interaction with uh the Garrosh the Chained, the one where they're like, you know, extracting anima from from Garrosh. <laughs> that would be cool too. It would be pretty neat well i'm excited always to, to hear these and we'll have to probably come back and do some more after they release the mini set to see you know what's next and and what other interactions uh, are, we, are we gonna see absolutely should be a blast well, bef- before we end up wrapping up we should get into this week's listener challenge and so Last week, what we had was a Goliath-themed listener challenge, and that was because I was I typed in Goliath in the Discord because I was looking for a funny Goliath uh, the Dwarf meme, and then I came across a David and Goliath meme with David beating Goliath in the between the eyes with a little pebble, and that what made me think of is a challenge, and that was smallest minion to kill the biggest minion. And um, we had a bunch of people talking about it in the Discord, but we didn't actually end up with submissions. So I figured we'd roll it over, do it again. And there is one ban, and that is Dark Moon Rabbit. So it is smallest minion to kill the biggest minion. Dark Moon Rabbit cannot be used. Also, the smallest minion cannot get the final kill. It needs to do the killing itself. And there's extra bonus points if this small minion survives the kill, which is thematic. Nice. Right? So (laughs) I don't uh, blame anybody for not getting it done because the new set just came out. And like, yeah, we've had too much fun experimenting with stuff to to think about challenges. Right. Understandable. (laughs) But if you would like two packs towards this new expansion, You can participate in this. You know, maybe you're a couple legendary short trying to fill out that collection. Let's uh, let's kill Goliath with a David, and <laughs> <laughs> you can submit your screenshots in the weekly challenges channel in our Discord. 
And the winner will be announced on next week's show and will receive two Hearthstone packs on us and be immortalized in the Hall of Fame on the Born to be Wild website. Now, remember, you can do this against some an, an opponent, a real opponent, either in casual or on ladder. We don't need to tank your rank on ladder. So you can do this in casual. This choice is up to you. But not against Innkeeper or any other solo content. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, if you don't kill me, you can still find me in, uh, in the Shadowlands, and I'll still tell stories. So it's all good. <laughs> I love it. I love he it. He won't take it personal. <laughs> I chose this name. I will live with it. <laughs> and die with it. And die with it. Wow. Please. We'll be. see what takes you out. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, That's great. Well, I I would. Uh, I've been trying to have kind of fun with this uh, unrelated advice thing, but because you guys can't hear it, like I would press play and it would be awkward for like 15 seconds while I'm, you know, I'm not very good at whistling anymore, I guess. And now uh, unrelated advice with Nathaniel Wolf. (laughs) Wow. I need to clip I mean, that to use later. I mean, it's just that that could work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll I'll remix. Uh, I'll remix the old one, and instead of you know the 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 uh, Craig's smooth uh, voice over here, we'll do our our little janky version of me attempting to whistle <laughs> and and. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah, well, all all of that, and I don't even know what I was gonna say anymore. But uh, <laughs> that was that was that was fun. Does anyone have any unrelated advice that they want? Since my my brain isn't very tired after a long. Um, <laughs> cream of wheat or rolled oats, and do you add milk? Um, I do. Uh, uh, the answer to that is to use steel cut oats and or moose slicks uh, for maximum uh, texture, uh, nuttiness, and uh, a lot more health that is in there with the steel cut that is often lost in the uh, either the fine grinding or the rolled oats. Trust me, I, I've had oatmeal for breakfast for nearly every day of my life. This is my thing. <laughs> wow, you asked the right question. <laughs> Very much so. I and yes, I, I, I use milk instead of water if I can. Yeah. So wiser words have never been spoken. Right? <laughs> wow. So I we I mostly have like that pre-made oatmeal stuff, but like I mm-hmm. we used to get the cream of wheat, and yeah. I would always just add water, like a like a savage. What? Um, <laughs> And and not milk, but if you add some like cinnamon, cinnamon sugar, add some raisins, mm. cinnamon sugar, raisins. Oh my gosh, brown I like sugar. It. I yeah, brown sugar is really good. I, I I like it a lot better than uh, oatmeal. That's for sure. These these days I, have, I don't. There's actually this. Um, there's this. If you like cream of wheat, I there's this great recipe that I found last fall, which is uh, essentially they call it like guilt-free pumpkin pie, uh, cream of wheat, which is basically where you um, you have some uh, you know some low-fat uh, cream and milk that you mix in some spices, some canned pumpkin, and it's like uh, it's like you're eating a pumpkin pie filling, but with a lot less of the uh, fat from a whole on dessert, so you can enjoy it without the guilt. <laughs> 
Wow. Can be a breakfast, can be a dessert thing. Yeah, yeah, I got it from uh, I think it was a Taste of Home cookbook. You you can forward that to me. That'd be great. That'd be great. I'll see if Easy. I can dig it up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wiser words were never spoken, and you heard that on Born to Be Wild. <laughs> Born <laughs> to be wild. Wild. <laughs> Honestly, that's so good. I thought that the thing was uh, working now. <laughs> I have no idea if they actually ended up pushing the button or not, but I, I, I think... I did, but... Uh, Maybe we'll be dubbed on top of it, and that'll be perfect. That is pretty much exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs>